This is the Reading Instruction Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Today's topic is culturally responsive teaching. This is the third in a series of podcasts in which we explore exactly what culturally responsive teaching is. Now, a funny thing happened on the way to writing this article upon which this podcast is based. I taught my undergraduate ed psych class. Hilarious, yes? Now, this class was comprised of all white students in their early 20s, over half of whom came from rural communities in Minnesota. On this grand and glorious day, I was going to introduce the concept of critically responsive teaching. But before I did, I wanted to get a sense of students' thinking regarding Black Lives Matter, the murder of George Floyd, systemic racism, and current racial tensions. So, I put them into small groups to generate questions or statements that they would like to put to the whole class. We moved back into large group, and then I listened. My goal was to direct the conversation without inserting myself directly into the conversation. Now, as I listened, I had my, I had another brick in the middle of the forehead realization. I was making far too many assumptions. I could tell from their voices and questions that many were impassioned about issues related to systemic racism, but their understanding of the issues seemed to be a bit incomplete. They were shallow and disjointed at best. Of course, they were. Now, this is not a slight against my students. They just had a bad case of being 22 years old. There's a lot of that going around. These students were engaged in full-time coursework. Many were working to support themselves, and they were doing all the other things that 22-year-old college students do. I had the luxury of being a professor. My job is to be curious. I was able to immerse myself for months, reading research, books, and journal articles. I was able to talk with a variety of people to hear their lived experiences. I went to conferences and webinars and participated in countless campus committees and meetings related to systemic racism and culturally responsive pedagogy. And I had 63 years of lived experience upon which to draw. The Rodney King incident, which occurred 30 years ago, was still fresh in my mind but it took place before any of my students were born. Now let me insert here, I do not want to discount or demean people's current thinking in regards to systemic racism. We're all at different places on our journey towards understanding and addressing systemic racism. And we all started at different places and we're all moving towards this issue from different directions. So we are at, so where we are at in our journey to understand is not nearly as important as the direction we're heading. And to be perfectly honest, or even imperfectly honest, the Andy of March 2020 is a bit different from the Andy of March 2021. The March 2020 Andy took issues of race and racism seriously. But at the same time, he got a bit irritated 
with what he thought was an overemphasis in the College of Education on critical race theory and culturally responsive teaching. But the old Andy knew nothing of critical race theory other than it was a course that students took, and it had to do with race, and it was a theory, and it was critical of something. And the old Andy, as well as the new Andy, didn't understand what culturally responsive teaching was. So the old Andy was discounting something of which he knew little. How can you learn anything new if you've already discounted that new thing? What a knucklebrain I was. Also, the old Andy didn't know about disproportionality of students of color in the special education system, the school-to-prison pipeline, the disproportionality in school discipline and suspension rates, and the lack of funding in predominantly diverse schools, and all the other things that restrict and disadvantage some groups while advancing and advantaging others. So the new Andy had a bigger job than he originally anticipated in his class. My job was to enter a teaching mode, to explain things, to address systemic racism as best I could. And this had to be done before I could begin to try to explain culturally responsive teaching. But this podcast is about culturally responsive teaching, not systemic racism. So where does that leave us? Well, of course, culturally responsive teaching and systemic racism are interconnected. Systemic racism is an important part of one of the three interconnected elements identified by Gloria Ladson Billing. It's related to critical or sociopolitical consciousness. Now, I don't want to bail on the original intent of this podcast, which was to explain exactly what culturally responsive teaching is so that anyone can easily understand and implement it. However, there are no standardized methods, no teaching recipes, or specific set of strategies that we can define as culturally responsive teaching. There are some strategies that can enable you to be a more culturally responsive teaching, and I'll describe these in the next podcast. However, these strategies must be used within the context of the three elements described by Gloria Ladson-Billings in order to be culturally responsive or sustaining. That means a broader understanding is needed to know how, when, and why to use some of these strategies. However, when I look at these strategies, they ultimately seem to address transformation on a personal, interpersonal, and societal level. Now, I'm going to leave you with two definitions of culturally responsive teaching or culturally sustaining pedagogy. The first is by H. Sammy Allen and Django Paris. Culturally sustaining pedagogy is indeed about providing our children with the opportunities to survive and thrive, but it is also centrally about love a love that can help us see our young people as whole versus broken when they enter schools, and a love that can work to keep them whole as they grow and expand who they are and who they can be through education. And the second is by Zaretta Hammond. She defined culturally responsive teaching as 
an educator's ability to recognize students' cultural displays of learning and meaning-making and respond positively and constructively with teaching moves that use cultural knowledge as a scaffold to connect what the student knows to new concepts and content in order to promote effective information processing. All the while, the educator understands the importance of being in relationship and having a social-emotional connection to the students in order to create a safe space for learning. Now, rather than blabber all over these great ideas with my comment, I'm going to end this podcast by pulling 10 key words and short phrases from these two definitions. And I'm going to read them in list form. And they almost sound like poetry. Poetry is using words to paint a picture. These words paint a picture of what culturally responsive teaching is or might be. Love. Whole. Grow and expand. Meaning-making. Respond positively. Use cultural knowledge. Understand. Relationship. Social-emotional connections. Safe space for learning. This has been the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson.